Okay, here we go. Uh, 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 Luke 24, uh, 13 uh, through, what did we say? Uh, through 21. All right. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus said, uh, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Uh, Then one of them, Cleophas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about the things that have happened uh, there the last few days. What things, Jesus said? The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Uh, uh, so here we go. We'll stop right there for right now. So here's the thing we want to talk about. I want to take some lessons from these two disciples, followers of Jesus, this that happened after the death and after the resurrection. Very important to understand that this conversation uh, is happening after Jesus already raised, uh, arose from the dead, okay? Now here we go. We want to pull some lessons out of this. Number one, we've got two people walking uh, with each other, saddened about what happened, and they're having a conversation about Jesus, right? Now watch this. Jesus uh, uh, told everybody that he was going to die. He was going to be risen on the third day, uh, uh, and, that they, and, and so this should not have come as a surprise to anybody. Yet, when they experienced this, they were saddened, right? Number one, point number one, you need to make sure that in your life you have somebody, watch this, who remember who God is, who remembers what God says, who remembers what God can do, and someone who is living out the word, not just a hearer, uh, but a doer as well. Because watch this, these were two people, the Bible describes them as followers of Jesus, two disciples. Verse 13 says two followers of Jesus. Isn't it interesting that two people who follow Jesus heard the things that Jesus says, that neither one of them remembered that he would die and rise from the dead? It's something about when we go through hard times, even if we can see it coming, even when we know that God is with us, that somehow it gets us all focused on who God is. If you're going to be walking down life's road, the way these guys are walking down, down to Emmaus, if you're going to be walking down life's road, you better make sure that someone around you remembers God, remembers what he says, remembers who he is, and is living out the word of God. It's funny because even if you go back to verse uh, 1 in Luke 21, and it talks about the women that went down to the tomb, right, to take uh, uh, the spices and stuff because they were expecting Jesus to still be in the tomb, and they were going to do the normal burial rituals. Isn't it funny how it was a group of them and they didn't, and, and no one in the group said, listen, maybe he's not here. Maybe he did. Right. Then they see his body's not in the tomb. And they were sad. It's like, wait a minute. It wasn't until the angel reminded him. I'm trying to tell you that if someone in that group would have just stood up and said, wait, 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 wait. Let's not forget that Jesus said that he was going to die and he said he was going to rise again. We need to make sure that in that group of people who are with us as we walk through life, that there is somebody in that group, come on, y'all, who knows Jesus, who, who knows what God has said, who remembers this and is living out his word. Don't forget the scriptures are full of, of wisdom regarding people who we should have in our lives. Listen, you can write down Psalms 1, verse 1. You can write down 1 Corinthians 1533, Proverbs 1320, uh, Proverbs 22, 24 through 25. Uh, 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 these are just full of, uh, these are scriptures 
full of wisdom regarding the people that we let in our lives. Even when you go to 2 Thessalonians, write this down, 2 Thessalonians 3, 6, that gives you a warning about the type of believers who should be even in your life. It talks about do not allow brothers and sisters in your lives who walk idly, meaning they can be brothers and sisters in the Lord, but if they're idle, if they're not working, if they're not living out the faith, then you may want to be aware of how close you put them in your lives. And so we have to understand that as we walk down this life, there's no reason for me to have a pity party and for you to have a pity party. One of us has got to be an encourager. One of us has got to remind the other one how good God is. Now watch this. It's easy for me to look at other people and say, okay, I got to make sure I have the right dynamic in my life. I'm not saying abandon people. We're talking about the dynamics of people in your life. Make sure you have someone close to you, right? Now watch this. You got to make sure you have someone close to you, but you got to make sure that you're that person for somebody else. Because it's easy now for me to look to, to, to hear this truth, right? And then it's say, okay, well, let me start uh, uh, doing an inventory of the people that I have in my life. Wait, 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 wait. That's fine and good, but you need to make sure that you're that person for somebody else because it's really easy to sit here and try to judge everybody else and i like to say well who encourages me who does this for me who reminds me about that but but then there's another side to that it's, it's the same it's a different side of the same coin who am i to someone else who am, who do i sharpen who do i rem remind who do i encourage who am i that person for um or or am i or if somebody who's got a pity party going on and somebody um who, who, who is struggling in their faith, if they come around me, then it's just going to be double struggle and double trouble. And none of us are going to mention that. We got to make sure we're that for other people. So point number one from these gentlemen in Luke 24, 13, is that we got to make sure uh, uh, that, we, that we encompass ourselves with people who are going to remember. There's no reason why two followers of Jesus who witnessed the things that Jesus did, both were sad that the fact that he died and didn't even remember the fact that, of what he said uh, at, at Galilee. And even with the women going to the tomb. So that's point number one. Uh, 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 number two, don't let what you see change what you believe. Uh, don't let what you see change what you believe. Uh, again, we're in Luke 24. Go to uh, verse 19, and we'll read 19 and tw uh, through 21. Uh, th they asked, uh, Jesus says, uh, they said to Jesus, you, you know, haven't you heard about the things that happened the last few things uh, days? Jesus says, what things, right? So here we go. The things that happened to Jesus, here we go. The man from uh, Nazareth. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and uh, he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. It says, but our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Now watch this. They had changed everything that they thought about Jesus based on what happened. Remember, they said, we hoped he was the Messiah that came to save Israel, right? That's what they were hoping based on what they saw, based on what they experienced. That's why they were his followers. But then after what happened, they changed everything that they thought. They called him a prophet. They said he did miracles. They called him a great teacher uh, to God and to men. And then they called him a man from Nazareth. They changed every single thing that they thought and every single thing that they believed about Jesus based on what they happened. And sometimes we may not say that, but sometimes we live that out. Where when we see certain things happening in life, where as opposed to going to God or standing on his word or doing the things that we know we ought to do, uh, given the biblical principles and standing on our faith, that we try to take things into our own hands or we try to do things our own way or we sit there and we react in fear or we react uh, uh, in guilt or we react in shame or, we re or watch this, or we revert back to some of the old things we used to do. That's just a nonverbal way of saying that God is not who I thought he was. At least not in this situation. I got to handle it myself. That's just a nonverbal way to communicate that you think God can't handle it. And that's exactly what they're doing here, that we thought he was, he thought he was the Messiah who was supposed to save Israel. But he was a man from Nazareth who did powerful miracles. He was a prophet. He was a mighty teacher. But we thought he was the Messiah. Clearly, he's not. They changed everything that they believed. And, y'all, we cannot do that. We cannot allow the things that we see change what we believe about God. We can't let the things that we experience change our faith. 
We can't let the things that we experience and the things that we see all of a sudden shake us to the point where we're questioning who God is. Watch this, Hebrews 10, 23. This is a great encouragement, Hebrews uh, uh, 10, 23. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering, this is the NLT, to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. I'm gonna read it again. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we have affirmed for God can be trusted to keep his promise. I'm gonna read from the New King James Version too uh, of that scripture. Give me one second to change over. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, watch this, for he who promised is faithful. Listen, sometimes when you don't have the material things to hold on to, because a lot of times we won't. Again, we talked about this Thursday, that faith ain't faith if all I got is physical evidence. At some point, I got to start believing. And so, uh, listen, sometimes all we have to hold on to is the promise. Everything else is changing. Everything else is, uh, uh, has, is, is starting to shake you, and everything else is pulling at your faith and pulling at your belief. And sometimes all you have to hold on to is the confession of your faith, the confession of your hope, right? because you trust in God that he is faithful uh, who promised you, right? And so now if all I have is the promise, if the promise is coming to God, from God, I need to trust that. Don't let the things you go through, don't let anything that, that you encounter change what you believe about God. Hold on to that promise. Again, they went from he was the Messiah to a man from Nazareth, Nazareth, who, Nazareth, who was a prophet, uh, uh, who was a great teacher, who did miracles, but they got him. And we, we thought that's who he was. He still was that. They were the ones who were off target. So we can't let things change uh, 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 what we see. Now, uh, what we see. Now, here we go. Uh, point number three. So point number one. Um, let me admit one more okay, So point number one was we have to uh, we have to make sure that the people who surround us uh, 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 know God, uh, knows what he said, uh, knows what God can do, uh, and is living out his word. Uh, that was point number one. Point number two, we have to make sure that we don't let anything that we encounter believe, uh, change uh, what we believe. Amen. Right now, point number three, we need to make sure that we can recognize the work of God when we see it. Watch this. Let's go to Luke 24. That's where we are right now, right? Luke 24. We're going to pick up at 22. Uh, this is, this is, these are the two men again, walking uh, to Emmaus and they're telling Jesus this encounter. It says, and, and, and this is the encounter they had with Jesus. And here's what they're telling Jesus. Then some women from our group of, of his followers. Now, again, because it's very important. We remember that these are followers of Jesus, people who followed him. Uh, then some women from our group of his followers were at the tomb early this morning and they came back with an amazing report. Here they are talking about that even what they came back was an amazing report. They said that the body uh, was missing and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see and sure enough, his body was gone just as the woman who, uh, just as the woman had said. Somebody tell me if they got this report that he wasn't there anymore. They said it's amazing and said that the women said the angels told him and they said that Jesus is alive. Somebody tell me why are they still walking down the road still sad and still complaining about what happened saying that well, we thought he was the Messiah. He said he was going to rise when they even heard a report that said that he was and they still didn't believe. Come on. They still were sad because they didn't recognize it as the work of God. They didn't even recognize that they said he's alive. Well, what are we still doing here? Why aren't you rejoicing? Why aren't you telling everybody? Why aren't you doing the things that, that, the, that the women were doing? Why weren't you back with the disciples? Because they still didn't even recognize it. Don't forget, we talked about this on Thursday. And if you didn't hear Thursday's um, uh, teaching, you can go uh, just, again, e email impactfellowship, email at gmail.com or text me and, and I'll send you the link to everything. Um, but we talked about this in the lesson about our, our beliefs crossroads, how when we see certain things that we are uh, on a crossroad when it comes to our belief system that we're going to have to at some point at some point in time realize am I going to believe and trust in God or am I not I just want to go to John uh, uh, 12 uh, 37 um, real quick as an example if we see these things and then still we don't believe John 12 37 uh, 
watch this. This is Jesus. He was in Jerusalem. And it says, but despite all the miraculous signs Jesus had done, most of the people still did not believe him. This is exactly what Isaiah the prophet had predicted. Lord, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? But the people couldn't believe. Listen, listen. How many times have God done something, listen, miraculous in our lives, have come through, have looked out for us, has shown us grace, has shown us mercy, and then we're faced with something else, and yet and still we believe he may not be able to do it, or he may not come through. Listen, let me show you something that Jesus said to Philip. Go to John 14, 9. John 14, 9. Watch this. Jesus, so, 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 so here we go. Uh, you can start at 8. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we'll be satisfied. This is when Jesus is trying to explain to him that if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Philip's asking this question. Then Jesus says to Philip, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Listen, we do not want to be in a situation right there like Philip, where God has done all this stuff for us, and we've seen him move in the past, and yet still when we're faced with a situation, we still question whether or not he can do something, whether or not who he is. This is exactly what is going on here in Luke 24, where these people got the report, where Jesus literally said, I'm going to die and, and rise again. And then he, they get the report that from the women that he's not at the tomb, and that the angels said that he's alive, and yet and still they're walking down sad because of what happened. And it's easy to look at them and be like, what in the world is going on with them? Because I do that, but then I'm looking at myself and say, but there are sometimes when I'm faced with the same situation, it's like God has looked out for me before, time and time again. I've seen him work in my life. Watch this. I've seen him looking, work in other people's life. Because maybe I'm still praying. I'm still holding on for something. But I see him working miracles in somebody else's life. That's reason enough to be encouraged that God is still working, even though I'm still waiting for a situation, for him to work out a situation in my life. But at least I know he's still working. Amen. Right. And so, and, and so, and so, and, and, and so here is Jesus asking Philip, like, how long do I need to be with you? And how much do you really need to see in order to believe? Let that not be the question that God has to ask anybody on this call or anybody listening uh, back to the, um, listening back on, 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 uh, on, on to, to the sermon online. Let that not be a question that he has to ask you. Like, how much more do I have to do in order for you to trust me with this? How, how much more do you need to see me do in order for you to believe? That, watch this, though. In order for you to believe that whether it works out the way you want it to or whether it doesn't, that I still got you. How much do you need to see? Do you, listen, do you really need everything to work out the way that you want it to work out and everything to be, for you to be comfortable in order for you to believe that I am who I am? How much more do you need to see? That's what he's asking. Here we go. So point number three was we need to learn to recognize the work of God when we see it. Don't forget, it was a couple of weeks ago, too, in one of our teachings when we were in, I think we were in Luke, um, and you can, you can go back and, and look it up, or you can just Google search the scripture where Jesus literally weeped over Jerusalem right before, actually, it might have been Palm Sunday. Uh, it might have been last Sunday we talked about this. We weeped over Jerusalem because he said, your deliverance is now at hand, and you don't even recognize it. we got to learn to recognize the work of God in our life. All right, here we go. Because it, it may not look like the way we, we think it's going to look. Uh, uh, so, okay, point number four. Now, here we go. Uh, where, where were we last? We were uh, at 24. Um, you can go to uh, 25. We'll skip 25. You can read 25 and 26 in your time. So here we go. Uh, this is for point number four. Um, um, that listen, we have to understand the power of prayer. We have to understand the power of, of talking things out with Jesus talking things out with God through Jesus. There's only one mediator between us and God. It's Jesus, right? We have to understand the power of prayer, understand the power of these conversations that we need to have with, G with God, where we get real about who we are and we get real about wh what we're feeling. Because watch this. So now they, they, they explain this stuff to him right now. Here's Jesus, verse 27. Again, we're still in Luke 24, 27. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So now Jesus starts going through the scriptures and all the prophets explaining them everything that was written before um, about Jesus. 
He says, by the time uh, they were nearing Emmaus, at the end of the journey, Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they begged him to stay uh, uh, that, that night. Uh, they said, stay that night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took bread and blessed it. He then broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. Now watch this. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he, as he uh, talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? Listen. Understand that that, that, that that time that they had with Jesus, all Je Jesus spoke to them and Jesus gave them the scriptures. He spoke to them, gave them the scriptures. We cannot underestimate the power of prayer. Listen, and in this time where they talked to Jesus, I say they talked to Jesus, they explained what was going on, but when Jesus started telling them about the scriptures and stuff, it was Jesus doing most of the talking. We have to make sure that when we have this time with God, that we leave some room for him to say something. Let me grab some water. Sometimes our prayer time in our alone time with him is full of so much of us talking and us asking for stuff and us airing things out. And we do all that and say, God bless it, God, da, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. We got to give him time to speak to us. We have to be quiet long enough that sometimes, sometimes that's the problem with, with some of our interpersonal relationships with other people. We don't give people time to say anything uh, to us. We need to make sure that we get that, that we sit there and, and we pray and we, and, and we hear from God, watch this, for ourselves. If you've been uh, heard anything regard with, with impact throughout the last year and a half, two years that we've been in existence, is you understand the emphasis that I put on that God wants to speak to you directly to you. Listen, you can come to impact. Uh, you can come listen to me. Uh, you can go online and listen to T.D. Jakes and all these other people and you go to as many conferences as you want to. But there's nothing that's going to replace the period uh, I mean, the, 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 the time that you spend with God for yourself, for him to tell you what he wants to tell you. They're walking down this road. Jesus starts explaining what? The scriptures. That's another thing that's so powerful is the fact that we have to understand the power in the scriptures. Uh, 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 and, that's, and, and, and that's our last point here. The fifth point is that we have to find our strength in the scriptures. Understanding that as Jesus is walking down with them and he's explaining to them, he's, he's not dropping anything new. If you read through uh, 27 all the way down to, to uh, 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 33, uh, 34, Jesus didn't tell them anything new. He didn't drop any kind of revelation. And he could have. This is one of my favorite stories because, listen, Jesus could have literally with the snap of a finger, because remember when they first started, it was God who shielded their eyes and they wouldn't recognize Jesus. God could have lifted that just like this. Jesus could have had God lift just like this. So they could recognize it and drop all kinds of new revelation. He didn't. He took them right back to the scriptures, right, and to the Old Testament and to the prophets that all pointed to him. Sometimes all we need to do, y'all, we sit there. And it's so funny because sometimes it's about getting back to basics. Sometimes it's about getting back to the stuff we know we need to do. All they did was talk to Jesus, talk about praying, and they jumped in, and Jesus started going down this. He started opening up the book and reading all the stuff that had to, that had to do with him. And as he did that, and then they had communion. He said he took, they took, he sat at the table, took bread, broke it, uh, and then their eyes were open. And suddenly they were like, wait a minute, that's Jesus. <laughs> that's Jesus. And yes, it was. And so listen, this Easter Sunday, what we're talking about here when we look at these guys, these four points, super simple, y'all. This is what we do. We keep it simple. Number one, we got to make sure that we have people in our lives who will remember, who knows who God is. There were two disciples walking together, both of them said, neither one of them. It didn't click with either one of them. Make sure you have somebody in your life 
where it clicks, <laughs> where they get it. And make sure that you're the person who gets it too. Make sure that so when someone else is coming to you, they got that pity party, you know, you make sure that you encourage them in the Lord and that you have something to say, like it says in Ephesians, where make sure the words that come out of your mouth is encouraging to the person who hears it and make sure that you're, you're that for somebody else, amen? Uh, uh, and so you want to make sure you have that type of person in your life. Also, don't want to let things that you see change what you believe. They, I thought we hoped he was the Messiah, but then they said he was, uh, but it turns out man from Nazareth, prophet, good teacher, uh, 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 he did some miracles, but not the Messiah. We also got to make sure we recognize God's work when we see it. Never underestimate the power of prayer, speaking to Jesus. But remember, make sure you give him some time to talk back, right? Uh, uh, and then find our strength in the scriptures. So that's all for Impact today, everybody. Don't forget, every Tuesday and Thursday, we're on this same Zoom line. Um, uh, and uh, we do our weekly devotions. We'll be jumping to the, and jumping to the Bible. Uh, we've got uh, a couple things coming up this week uh, that we'll finish up. And then the week after that, we're going to start jumping into books of the Bible and doing verse by verse study um, of some of these books. Um, I don't know which book we're going to start in. It might be John. It might be First Corinthians. Um, I don't know. It, it, who knows? We'll, we'll figure, I'll figure out which book we'll start in when we get there. Um, but yeah, we're going to do uh, verse by verse study, verse by verse reading, verse by verse study uh, of the Bible. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, happy Easter to everybody. Live in the resurrection. Live with that resurrection power. Listen, you got to remember that the same, uh, the Bible says that the same uh, uh, power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. God, God is working that same power. So again, it's not, there's no separate power. This, oh, uh, so 7.30 on Tuesdays, guys. 7.30 on Tuesday, 7.30 on Thursday. Um, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead God is working that power towards us. So there's nothing that can hold you back. Um, next week, because remember last week we talked about um, being untied and, uh, and, and, and uh, yeah, being untied and unhindered and doing God's work. Um, and so we'll jump back on that next Sunday. Um, but it has a lot to do with the power. Listen, the Bible says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, God is working that towards us. And so, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's no separate power. There's no higher power. There's no other level of power that I need to get to for, uh, that God works in my life, that power is already at work in me. Uh, and so be encouraged today. There's nothing that can defeat you. Uh, there's nothing that can hold you back. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you. Um, and, and, and that should be enough to be encouraged this Easter uh, to encourage somebody else.